That's right. None of you Americans smoke anymore. You all live long, dull, and interesting lives. What do you want with me? You have taken hostages. We have you. My government will never negotiate for me. And perhaps you and I can negotiate. Eh? <coughs> soldier to soldier. I'm not in charge. Does not. You have the power to kill, but not negotiate. In Somalia, killing is negotiation. Do you really think if you get General Adid, we will simply put down our weapons and adopt American democracy? That the killing will stop? We know this. Without victory, there can be no peace. There will always be killing, you see? This is how things are in our world. Kyle Style Podcast, episode number 75. This is American Indifference. So, that clip you just heard was kind of famous. I guess it was the uh, interrogation of Mike Durant from uh, the movie Black Hawk Down. Now, of course... That movie is about Somalia and our kind of uh, botched operation there to try to fight warlords who were enforcing a famine, right? It was a man-made famine, and we had army rangers there, special forces and everything. And there was a little bit of a firefight and kind of... Uh, there was fallout. But uh, the reason I played that clip is because... American indifference is kind of a strange, it's kind of a strange idea. So, we recently had, well, just what, two days ago, and there's still a bunch of news coming out. I think the body count is now up to, like, 70 people were killed with, uh, they're saying nerve gas, like VX nerve gas or something like that, in uh, Syria. And in... Syria, not Assyria. And people are blaming the Russians. They're, you know, I, I don't even know if we know exactly who did this gas attack because there's so many different factions there. And I imagine that their, you know, weapon stocks and their chemical weapons and everything else are not necessarily super, uh, super secure. But in any event, this continuing conflict in Syria. Which goes back to episode one of the Kyle Style podcast, by the way, is continuing to just it's like it's like it melts down and it melts down further and further and it kind of escalates and gets worse and it just it, it just continues to be this this it's becoming this flashpoint for what people keep saying, you know, World War Three almost, right? You have huge factions and Different uh, nations are, are allied with different sides, and it's like it is a pretty good uh, setup for a third world war. Now, what I mean by American indifference to this, though, is a combination of things. On the one hand, that's way over on the other side of the planet, 
Why do we care? Well, we can, in theory, just retreat back into fortress America and let the world sort its own shit out. You know, in theory, we could kind of do that. It would be... We wouldn't be able to prevent a lot of things that we've been able to prevent. Um, keeping conflicts from escalating, which we apparently have failed to do in Syria. But it would cost us on the world stage, and, and that that means that means a bunch of different things. So what I was looking at here is here's why here's part of why we can't just retreat back into Fortress America because the entire refugee slash migrant crisis started in Syria and the civil war began in you know early 2011 so we're now like six years into this thing let me see what the Wikipedia numbers are total killed maybe about 500,000. They say 470,000 people have been killed. 7.6 million internally displaced people. So now you've got people who got bombed out of their houses and things. 7.6 million people are now refugees inside Syria. And there's been 4.8 million refugees who have left Syria. And this refugee crisis has spalled out and gone into a tailspin as well. You've got, you know, these millions of people uh, flooding into Europe. You've got millions more in the surrounding countries like Turkey. And now you've got, you've got like Erdogan, Turk, uh, the Turkish prime minister. He is threatening Europe with the rest of the the refugees he has, you know, like, well, you're going to do this for that and that. You're going to give us aid. You're going to let us have free passage into the EU. Or we're going to let all these refugees go. Now, this becomes a global problem because the scale is so huge, right? And we can't just turn our backs for more reasons than one. There is a bit of a, a moral imperative to to step in in this what is now a humanitarian disaster that stretches from you know from Norway all the way back to Syria, okay? And the continuing atrocities such as this gas attack, right? So we can't just ignore it for a, you know kind of a moral or ethical reason. But we also are one of the permanent members of the UN Security Council, of which there are five, I believe. Is that what I found there? Yes. There are five permanent members of the UN Security Council, which includes us, the UK, China, France, and guess who? The Russian Federation. That's right permanent members of the UN Security Council who are supposed to be committed to global peace and security, right? You've got possibly Assad using chemical weapons on his own people. You've got Assad per perpetrating, perpetuating uh, a civil war. 
when they, the Syrian government only controls, what was I looking at here? Only controls like 32% of the territory in the country. Like they only control a tiny, a, a small piece of, of the actual territory of Syria. The rest is controlled by all these different factions, including ISIS and al-Nusra and, and all this. So we are opposed to Russia, and we're both on the Security Council, and they're backing a murderous dis- despot? And we are funding the opposition, which may include unsavory types, right? This may include people who are only taking aid and, you know, and stuff from us because they're opposed to Assad. They might not be opposed to Assad for the reasons we're opposed to Assad. They might have no intention, like from the clip at the beginning, to institute a functioning democracy in the rubble pile that will be left of Syria by the time this is all said and done. And we seem to think, like in the clip, that if we just come in and we say, no, you stop doing that, that they're going to just stop doing that, killing each other, having a civil war, that the the conflict isn't resolved. You just have an outside force telling you to stop. That's not... That's not an actual resolution to the conflict that got us here, right? And so we're just going to come in there, even with boots on the ground, and everyone's just going to put down their weapons and say, oh, we're sorry, and start rebuilding. It's not really how that works. I mean, and then this idea of eight backing rebels and, you know, these proxy wars, this proxy war idea, we're just going to back rebels and drop bombs on stuff from, you know, fighter jets from 10,000 feet. And that's going to resolve their conflict. It's, it, you know, it might have started as a populist movement against Assad because Assad was apparently a pretty bad guy. But it's now fractured and fragmented into all these different factions. And you, you, there's no clear path to the resolution. And even if you can stop the fighting, which they, were, <laughs> they weren't even able to have like a, a ceasefire for like a couple days without there being hostilities, the Syrians are going to continue killing each other. And whatever those divisions are that exist now, if you could pacify the region and get people to stop fighting, physically fighting, that doesn't mean that the, the ethnic divisions are healed. You still have a nation of people who know that they went to war with each other. I mean, okay, so American indifference. On the one hand, this is a shitty situation. It keeps seeming to get worse while kind of, it's almost holding at steady. This is almost, uh, this is almost just kind of par for the course at this point. And what Americans do, this is watching this happen as this story broke, is immediately, this is Donald Trump's fault. It happened during his presidency. It's his fault. Really? I mean, come on. They allegedly uh, kind of signaled to Putin that, well, we're not going to dispute Assad's leadership of the country. And then a couple days later, here we are. 
Now, all of that demonstrates to me, if that's true, is that, of course, Putin's kind of an asshole, and Assad is definitely an asshole, if he's in fact, if in fact was the Syrian government that did this gas attack. But we don't... You're taking a hundred years of very problematic Sykes-Pico border agreements. Fifty years of general regional instability. Not Syria specifically. Syria has kind of been, has been kind of a, a workhorse as far as, you know, some of these Middle Eastern countries are concerned. A fairly high standard of living, literacy, and all that. And, you know, regional instability and outright warfare in neighboring countries over the last, I don't know, what, 20 years since, what, Gulf War One? never mind the Iran-Iraq War, all this conflict always happening. And, you know, it's been like a hundred years of, of all of this instability, as well as the... Uh, engagement and the policies that were enacted by the previous administration, and yet Donald Trump's been in office for, what, two months? <laughs> what, three months? Uh, what, January 20th? February 20th? <laughs> March 20th? Uh, three months? Yeah. So, you know, three months and two weeks or three, something like that? Anyway. This whole huge problem that compounds back through time and history, and yet it's Donald Trump's failed policy. It's Donald Trump's fault that Assad uses chemical weapons on his own people. The solution here isn't just, don't do that or we're going to bomb you. They need to stop doing that, right? One solution is the use of force. Another solution is, how do you reunify Syria? How do Syrians trust that they're not going to get genocided by one of these other groups if they disarm, if they cease fire? They have no such comfort. They have no, there's no consideration for them for that. So, the American indifference. It goes from a tragedy about this country that I, I would argue a lot of people don't know that much about. I don't know that much about it, and I feel like I kind of know more than a lot of people who've been paying attention, or who haven't been paying attention. Except when it, again, involves Donald Trump. People don't like Trump. Now, all of a sudden, everybody is an expert on foreign policy, you know? And the indifference will kick in immediately. People start worrying about Pepsi ads, and, and they'll go back to their lives and forget about the ongoing horror show that is the Syrian meltdown. And we, we, but we have to be engaged politically, like a, like in the UN level. But how does the UN ensure security and peace when you have two permanent members, two big dogs, opposing each other? And how, do, how is Russia on that, in that circle, if they're backing Assad and Assad is using chemical weapons against his own people? And then 
On the other side, to be fair, we're in there accidentally bombing, you know, Doctors Without Borders clinics and, you know, killing even under Obama, okay? Even under, you know, yes, even under Obama. And we, we're fucking up too, is what I'm saying. Uh, and the Syrians are caught in the middle and they're, in some sense, it's like you're being forced to pick a side. I imagine there are almost no non-combatants in any, you know, conflict con contended areas, right? Like, they, if you're military age, man, I imagine they are putting a gun in your hand, wherever you happen to be, and you better comply with whatever that faction believes or wants, or they'll just kill you too. It seems like a free-for-all. And then we sit back over here and, you know, play Black Hawk Down movie clips and, and host podcasts, right? I mean, we, like, in a sense, we are playing as though we want to put America first. That was the, that was the Trump, you know, kind of uh, thrust there. Put America first. And then we, if we do that, and this is the thing, I've said this before, but we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. Again, morally, we have, there is some responsibility to try to help people in need, right? A little bit of help can go a long ways to helping a really bad situation, right? And maybe turn the situation around, make Syria great again. But, but if we send troops, if we get engaged with an air war, or we are, if we get involved in too much, or at the wrong time, or in the wrong way, we're evil imperialists, and it must be the Syrian oil that we're after. There, there, there is no, it's, it's almost as though our position on the Security Council is viewed purely as an opportunistic thing. When, in a certain sense, it, it kind of isn't. Um, we, it is a position where you should have a moral bearing and be trying to solve complex problems. But, again, we're damned if we do or damned if we don't. If we pull back into Fortress America and just let the world just fuck itself up and we don't get involved... Well, then we'll be accused of being callous or being indifferent, right? Why aren't you helping us? So if we go in and we help, then we're imperialists. If we stay back and don't help, then we're, I don't know, callous or something. So we can't really win in this situation. We can't win that. We can't win that opinion necessarily. But that's part of being a kind of global belligerent like the U.S. has the potential to be. We don't necessarily have to give a shit whether you think we're engaged in imperialism or not, whether we pacify a place and then private companies come in and set up contracts and start building things. Um, that's still better than a perpetual civil war where children are getting gassed by you know, possibly their own government. Yeah, ISIS running around, burning people alive in cages. Okay, like I said, I don't remember what episode it was. We need to get the Syrians playing Monopoly again. They're playing Risk right now. They're 
literally killing each other. No one dies in Monopoly, okay? That's better than millions of displaced people wandering the earth looking for a home. Millions of people flooding into Europe and bringing, you know, no offense, but bringing sometimes you know, low literacy levels, rare communicable diseases that had been wiped out in Europe. They're bringing their, they're bringing the worst aspects of certain parts of the Arabic, you know, culture or Islamic culture. They're bringing their Taharish Gamiya, their rape game. They're, they're bringing their anti-LGBT sentiments. All of that, and we can't just we can't just sit back and we but we also can't get involved without being criticized. So the American indifference to me is not just our government. We're already kind of obligated. It's not really our military. Like our military, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, they love to go to work. You know, they want to be used for situations such as this. It's not that we don't have the will per se, it's the, it's like the people. Our news media and everything is more like entertainment to us. Uh, it's podcasts, it's where you, you try to sell your art, you know? You, you try to promote selling your original artwork on, you know, coffee mugs and phone cases and stuff like that over at redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design, you know? And then you just open it up and then you, you you buy it and it's shipped to your house and and then you have it and it's really great and it was all very easy you just go over there and you make an account real quick and then you can buy all these things and then you're supporting the Kyle Style podcast right and you're not worried about field stripping your AK47 because the other faction in the next you know county is coming over to massacre everybody right this is how a lot of these people are spending their day. They're looking for food and water and trying to dig people out of rubble piles. They're trying to... And, and think about this. Agriculture? What's going on? Is agriculture continuing while this whole war is going on? Like, are, are they making anything? Like, are they going to... Like, are they going to be able to recover after all, you know, the devastation and everything? We just sit back, have another Starbucks, watch some more Netflix, and, you know, maybe listen to an angry white guy on the other side of the planet yelling to a microphone about it, about how we're indifferent and we don't care. Um, but I don't know. There's a certain point where American indifference is is a it's always an option, right? People are choosing what to get angry and upset about, and in some sense they could be they should be putting pressure on everybody every government I, I suppose to make this more of an issue because it's become such a huge problem but at the same time why is it why is it the US's responsibility to fix every problem in the world never mind the UN security council thing we could step down we say nope we're not on this anymore we're not obligated Never mind, and then never mind the moral thing. We go, well, you know, other countries have their own problems to work out, and it's not really our place to try to turn them into democracies, which apparently doesn't really work very well every time that we've kind of tried it. And we could just step back and not be held responsible for the debacles, the collateral damage, or the ultimate fate of Syria. Why is that our responsibility? Right? 
why do we have to fix it? And why do we have to try to fix it while the Russians on the other side aren't necessarily, like, they don't seem to be held to the same standard a lot of the time? And if Putin does get this criticism, he, no one's going to see it, right? I mean, we can, in theory, pull back into Fortress USA and let the world go. The question is, is that what you think would be best for, call it the world, ultimately? Because you ignore these problems, you get a refugee crisis. You get a refugee crisis, it triggers Brexit, right? It triggers Italy, Grexit. They're talking about, you know, Poland, uh, I think Hungary. They're, the EU is putting pressure on them. You got to take more migrants or you're out of the EU. And they're kind of like saying, fuck it. Fuck you. We'll leave. So the EU collapses. The euro <laughs> collapses because millions of people had to flee from a war zone. Right? So eventually, these things can come to haunt us. That will have a ripple effect in the global economy. That will affect the dollar. That might affect inflation and all this other stuff. It might affect you and your small business. Think about it. Right? Where, where does this all end? Well, I don't have the answer. The, the answer lies in Syria. The Syrians have to somehow stop fighting and then rebuild their country. And it's going to take decades. It may never recover, right? Decades to build back up to where they were, to get back to zero is going to take decades, maybe generations. And that's assuming that it's fully pacified, that every one of these factions all have all of their concerns met, and they all agree to hang up the, hang the rifle above the fireplace and live in peace with one another. And if Russia's in there stirring stuff up, I don't really see that happening. If Assad is committed to staying in power... Don't really see that happening. And I have a feeling this is all going to get way worse before it gets any better. <sighs> so that's American indifference. I'm going to go about my day now and, uh, you know, not live in a war zone. So I'm just embracing my American indifference. And I don't know. I suggest you do too. I don't know. I don't know. You do what you want. Anyways. America's great. Um, I don't know if it was ever not great per se, but it's good the idea to make it great again like we're going to make it greater, right? So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy if you're here and you're hearing me, and that's good. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to live life, and, and I wish you luck in your endeavors, whatever they are. And remember, I just, I want America, despite our political divide at the moment and everything else, racial divides and everything else, I would like it to stay peaceful. As as peaceful as it is, I would like it to stay like this. I would like it to stay monopoly and not become risk, right? Let's not become like Syria. All right? Okay, deal. Thanks for listening. Kyle Style Podcast. Of course, check out redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design. Pick up some of my original artwork. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, go to the GoFundMe page. Throw me a couple dollars, you know, for the effort. 
you know, I appreciate it. And I guess I'll talk to you more later. You know, I think I think this was good. I think I was on point in this. I might have rambled a little bit, but hmm. Well, I don't know. I'll have to play it back and see. Anyways, thanks for listening. Kyle Style, out.